Greetings from Pandora! Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number eight, where today we're going to be talking about Dr. Patricia Tannis. But first, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at Vault Hunter's Pod or through our email at A Vault Hunter's Guide at gmail.com. Woo! Gotta get them plugs in there. <laughs> Hells yeah. Also, so, uh, we are accepting sponsors, so, you know, if you want to get yeah. in on that action. Yeah, absolutely. So, for sponsors for what? We don't know. Hit us up. We'll probably say yes. Freaking anything. <laughs> I mean, Jif peanut butter? Hell yeah. I'm not going to tell the world <laughs> that I'm a Skippy guy. As far as they know, I'm a Jif guy all the way. So. What about, what about, the, what about the brand that's got the peanut on top? <laughs> Yo, get the F out with that. I don't even want none of that. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, before we get into it, uh, we knew we were going to have a longer episode last time, so we kind of skipped this. But uh, how's your how's your last two weeks been in the Borderlands? Solid, really solid. Uh, spent a lot more time <laughs> going back and playing original Borderlands, playing through with Brick on there currently. Just having a lot of fun running that running that explosive build. Really enjoying that. Explosive that. Build, though. It's yeah. just my. F- it's. I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with brick. Like I said, I'm more of a Mordecai kind of guy, you know, as people on here may know. But uh, explosive brick, hella fun. Uh, just yeah. picked up a sweet legendary that I found after doing the Ghosts of the Vault quest, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, spoiler, we'll be talking about that in Going, Going, Gun, so I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. And then uh, you and I were able to get in some time with your wife uh, playing some uh, playing some Borderlands 2 the other night, so progressing our playthrough on that, so that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you actually had kind of an interesting experience <laughs> playing Borderlands the last two weeks, uh, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I did, actually. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually was... Uh, I happened to have the day off from work. I got rained out... Um, yeah, that's right. I don't work when it rains. I'll just let you sort that out. Like, what the hell does he do? <laughs> he can't work when it rains. He's Anyways. walking the streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I decided to throw on Twitch, and while well, I was taking care of some stuff around the house, and I was like, I'm going to see how many people are streaming OG Borderlands. Uh, the answer, not many. <laughs> not many at all. Mm-hmm. But I did happen to come across a guy. Uh, his... Twitch handle is Ryaza Re- uh, Um That's R Y A Z A R E C T O R. And I just, you know, he was only playing for like five viewers or whatever, but I was like, oh, I'll give him a view and see what he's doing. He was doing a blind playthrough of Borderlands One, so so that was interesting because I hadn't I haven't seen anybody do that in a long time. Like I'm so familiar with Borderlands. Yep. That the concept of not being familiar with Borderlands is completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. So he was playing actually as Brick, and he was doing a melee build. And he was probably 20 levels in or so. He'd just gotten to uh, the Doll Headlands and everything. And the the first comment that I left, right? And you can y'all can yell at me all you want for being a for being a backseat driver or whatever. He's he had a he leveled up. He had a skill point. He had that notification in the corner just flashing. And it was driving me crazy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you know, spend that skill point. And then he's like, oh, yeah, man. So he opens up the menu, and I see that he's specced into melee, which early on in-game is 
a lot harder to do than than explosive. Yeah, so, especially for some. I, I would think, especially for someone that's never played the game before, it'd be really difficult as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was so I just commented that too, like, hey, you know, I know this is your first playthrough, but it's a lot easier to you know go into uh, explosive build first and then respec in a melee later. And he was like, oh, mm-hmm. you can respec, and I was like, oh my god. You know, like he knows nothing <laughs> about he knows nothing about about Borderlands, and that's fine. There's, I'm I welcome and and encourage more people to get into the series. So yeah, absolutely. What, what he had done was he picked up Borderlands Two uh, recently, real recently. Started like just started playing it, and was like, you know, what? I feel like I'm gonna go back and like start at the beginning. Totally reasonable. So he he got like a couple of missions into you know Borderlands Two, and then stopped, went to Borderlands One again. So, anyways. So I told him, I said, hey, you're better off specking into explosive and then respecking in a melee later. And he goes, hey, do you have this on PC? Do you have Borderlands on PC? Because we could totally play together. He's like, I could use some help. And like, I'm sitting on the couch <laughs> watching him play, watching him play. And this man on the TV is saying, hey, come play with me. So, okay. So I hopped on and hopped in the Discord with him and um, we played for about a half hour. We happened to do the, the Ghost of the Vault quest. That's not where I got this legendary. So don't think that I like sniped a legendary on him. That would be a huge <laughs> dick move. Like, yeah, there you go, newbie. All right, see ya. But uh, so anyways, oh, you got that legendary. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So he played. So uh, we happened to. So we finished that quest mainly because it it comes with an explosive relic. I just figured that that would be beneficial for him. You know, to, mm-hmm. to get that uh, explosive relic to. Uh, get in there with his berserker action skill and everything. And he respect into explosive, but was still, so now he's doing punch damage. That's explosive and everything just worked out really cool. It was really cool. Uh, if you want to check that out, uh, like I said, his name is Ryaza Rector. Uh, the VOD is on Twitch. It was a good time. I had a lot of fun. I was only able to hang out for a little bit. Cause I had stuff going on around the house. So sure. No, it sounds sounds like it was a good time, you know, and I and I did watch it and everything. It was it was fun. So I thought it was awesome just because you were kind of. It it's always fun to see someone new get into it because they don't know things. Then and then somebody else shows them something and they're like, "Whoa, you could do that!" And you're like, "Yeah, bro." Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> definitely. It was it was a lot of fun. Shout out to him for for letting me play with him. That was really cool. It's 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 genu- generally not a good idea to be a backseat driver when somebody's streaming. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't have a whole ton of viewers. I just figured I'd throw it out there, just to try to help make the experience a little bit more enjoyable. So uh, yeah, I hope to absolutely. play again again with him in the future. So yeah, absolutely. So how about yeah, you? How was I, your past two weeks? Really, really good. I also have been going back and playing uh, OG Borderlands, and uh, I'm working. I'm doing a sniper Lilith run right now and that has been a ton of fun and you know me you know how much i like farming and Mm -hmm. that's why the series works great for me and i ended up spending probably a total of like six hours farming for the specter com that you get Mm. (laughs) for for lilith yep and i didn't i went and i was only I'm not even max level yet. This was just, this was just for, uh, this was just 
you know, at the end of first playthrough so I could get one that could carry me to, to the end of the game. And then I, and then I'm going to eventually farm for a, a quote unquote, perfect one, I guess I should say, but sure. it's, it, it went really well. And I ended up getting, getting, uh, the, the main thing I was looking for is I was just looking for one that had the ammo regeneration on it. Cause I'm not going to play a sniper, you know, an entire, cause I'm running four sniper rifles. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's it. I'm running, I'm running a volcano. I'm running a, uh, I'm running a caustic one. I'm running the Orion, which had lightning damage on it. And then, uh, and then the gearbox one that gives you like 800% crit damage. <laughs> so nice. that one's yeah. gotta be your main go-to, right? Unless you're, unless you're getting to enemies that specifically have like a shield or armor or, you know, our flesh wads. No, right now the right now the volcano is because the volcano still has really good damage, and I think the one that I got has one hundred and eighty percent crit damage, which obviously it's not eight hundred percent, but you know still has one hundred and eighty percent. But the other thing too this is just that, in one hundred eighty is not eight hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I was homeschooled, everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a true story. And it, yeah. True fact. True fact. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, I end up, I end up doing that, but I, I use that because if, if I end up missing or if I'm just slightly off of my shot, the fire damage uh, pretty much takes out anything else. Yeah. That makes time. sense. It kind of makes up for that. It's like a backup, like a really good backup plan. Yeah. So my question is, so for th- first playthrough, were you playing as a sniper as well? And you were just using the elemental bonuses to kind of get you through? No, uh, nope, I was not. I was, I decided to get up to the point to where I could get that class mod as just a regular elemental Lilith. Sure. That, that makes seemed, sense. Yeah. That seemed the easiest way. And then, and then once I got it, I respect everything and went into, uh, you know, went into Slayer so I could get the, the extra crit damage and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be really good. And it's, it's way more fun now that I've actually got that all lined up and everything, but I was towards the end there, uh, just before I got the Spectre class mod, I was starting to implement more sniper rifles into it. Like I said, cause I found the Orion and I found, uh, the volcano and everything, man, I just sat there and I farmed experience for a little while. Cause I went into, um, I was taking out the, uh, the guardians, you know, the Iridian guardians and stuff like that. And it worked really well for doing that. So I was just going in with the Orion and just doing a ton of lightning damage. And usually one or two shots with that would take him out. So nice. it worked out really well. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. How yeah, are you t- enjoying t- our <laughs> playthrough on Borderlands two? It's, I, we kind of, we kind of struggled a little bit this last play session. That was a little more difficult than I anticipated. Yeah, we, cause we, well, we just got into second playthrough yep. and we just got into second playthrough and it's going pretty well so far. We were, we were still a little you bit under leveled. so sure of yourself. They'd be like, it's going pretty well. Uh, it's, it's hard because sometimes I forget, sometimes I forget how unforgiving it is if you don't have the right gear and the right strats and everything. And if you're under leveled, so yeah so and i feel like sometimes we kind of take it for granted we like man we've played this game so many times and we just run right into it and then we're like oh right all my gear like we're level 33 and all my gear is level 25 you know yeah <laughs> we yeah, definitely ran into well, ran into shit like that this past session well and especially after playing so much of the remake of borderlands one because in there you can do that i think right yeah i think right because i'm 
Yeah, Gal, I must be like level 45, 46-ish, somewhere in there. And I think my volcano is still like level 31 or 32. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that, but, sounds, but, that sounds about but right. You, yeah, you can get away with that, though, So it, yeah, in Borderlands 1, so it doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, But yeah. Mm-hmm. So... But uh, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun. I think I I think it's just going through it, and you know we haven't really tried farming for gear or anything like that too much in here. So we'll we'll get some stuff figured out. Th- you know, I'm just grateful that I'm just grateful that my wife is playing, that she's playing as Gage, and like consistently every time we play, she's like, oh yeah, I got like 350 stacks of anarchy. Oh, so I'm just totally saving our <laughs> ass, dude. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, basically. Because I'm running a melee Krieg right now, and that seems to be going really well, because I'm to the point to where I can just stay pretty much as the super badass psycho, you know, in his, in his, with his release the beast skill and everything like that. So, but if, if I get out of that, then I'm screwed. So, (laughs) (laughs) right, right. So anyway, I think, I think that's enough of that. We're going to jump into the news. So, woo, news. Uh, so yeah, we have, we have a lot of fun news today. So, uh, first of all, uh, congratulations, everybody that's been doing stuff because Borderlands has officially gone gold. So, um, paving the way, this is an article from GameSpot, uh, Borderlands three is officially gone gold, paving the way for its release in mid September gearbox confirmed the game status on Twitter and thanked everyone who contributed to its completion. So, um, yeah, so that's fun. For those, it goes on to say, for those not up to date on the lingo, a game that's quote gone gold has been completed and is ready for manufacturing. Woo! Dude, so, so hype! <laughs> it's basically it's like it's like it's gone to print. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm speechless. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. I'm super stoked. I'm hyped. Yeah. <laughs> let me add it <laughs> right right so uh going along with that drew you want to take us into the uh next bit of news that we have yeah so nothing nothing crazy if you follow borderlands on social media borderlands or gearbox uh you know that there's two new trailers out tr- two new character trailers one for zane and one for Mose, which seems appropriate considering those are the two that we've seen the most of i would say uh as yeah. far as gameplay and and just general uh, info and everything. Information, yeah. I guarantee you Flack is going to be the last one. Not only because I have a 50-50 shot at being right, but also because <laughs> <laughs> also because it, it was pretty... We knew a long time ago that they said that Flack was the most difficult one to to really hammer out the details on to get it to get their, their character perfectly. So... Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's understandable because you have to understand, and and I'm sure that you do understand if you're listening to this. But we've had we've had pet classes before, and they seem to always do a little bit more with it every time. Because mm-hmm. in Borderlands Two, they had Gage, so it's like, all right, great, you you have you have one pet, <laughs> right? You know? And then and then you get into and then you get into the pre sequel and uh and you have Wilhelm it's like great he's got two drones he's ha- he has two pets and now we're into Borderlands 3 and you have three separate pets that you can use as far as we're aware of right yes so it's yes. the three separate ones so 
And we have no idea. Maybe his maybe his action skill, because maybe you can have them like run around in the open and maybe his action skill is having like all three of them out at once or something like that. We have no idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. but we we soon hope to find out. I'm super excited about it. And yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited for that. I want I want to know more about it. I, I understand why it's been so complex. You're basically you're basically being like, hey, you know this Borderlands game? You know what make it better? Let's put a Pokemon trainer in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say no to that. So Pokemon Blood Red Edition. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um so I mean we're we're aware of all their of all the skills and everything, because all the skill trees have been leaked and everything. I'm just, we haven't, Jeff and I have not gone through and looked at him because that's really something we'd rather do that we'd rather do. Oh, sorry. We kind of got sidetracked there. The trailers are good. They're both really good. Yeah. To me, the Zane one is more interesting than the Moe's one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. They, it both, it gives, it gives you good info into the personalities of both of them, though. I think it's very well done for both of them. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm really, really intrigued to see how d- detailed they get in the Amara one, just about her being a siren and, and what kind of experience that she had, because as we know, like Lilith had a... Lilith, to me, seems like she had a pretty, a fairly tame upbringing, you know, as being a siren and everything. Uh, however, Maya's experience is way different. Yeah. You know, with the whole cult thing and how they were using her to basically enslave other people or not, not necessarily enslave, but instill fear. It was almost like a mob aesthetic. That they yeah. Had going yeah. On. There you go. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how, to see what kind of upbringing and everything Amara had, what kind of life experience she has being a siren. So I'm really interested to see that. And then definitely interested to see what the deal is with Flack, him being a robot, cyborg, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it mm-hmm. and yep. how he, and how he came to be interested in animals and, and befriending them and having them fight for him. And God, he is a Pokemon trainer, ain't he? I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so I'm really looking forward to those, but check out the other ones. We're going to put the links in the show notes. Uh, yeah. So, sorry, go ahead. I, I will say something and I haven't looked enough at the Moe's one yet. I'm sure if I looked harder, I could find it, but I will say that in the Zane, in the Zane, uh, trailer, they put it right out in the open on the bar. There's a scene where there's like a bar, there's a rose there. I saw that. I noticed that when I saw that, and I was, and it made me think of like when we had this conversation. I think it was in the last episode about whether or not the roses actually mean anything. So mm-hmm. really, really interesting. I did notice that as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to think they have. I, I believe I already believed that they had a deeper meaning because of how prominent they take prominently. They take up space on everything, and now I'm more. I'm more sure of myself in that. Uh, if anyone has seen a rose in the a rose in the Moe's trailer, <laughs> let, let me know. But I'm probably going to be. I'll be honest with you guys. I it's just me and my wife. 
we don't have anything going on, no kids or anything like that. And Drew is my closest immediate family member, and he's literally a thousand miles away from me. So I don't got nothing going on. So don't be surprised if I spend like three hours tomorrow just like <laughs> just scouring going... that video for the rose. Yeah. yeah. It's like, ah, there's a rose on there. Wait, no, it's a bit of tomato on my screen. To which people might say, why do you got a tomato on your screen? To which I reply, do you not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the matter with you? <laughs> what's the matter so, you? Anyways. <laughs> what's tomato you? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> nice. Anyways, so uh, we were talking briefly about about Zane and Moe's and, and just and uh, or and how how the game has gone gold and we're super excited about it coming out. A uh, little bit of news from from us from a Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands. We're announcing it here first. We are going to be streaming Borderlands Three on September thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Is gonna be janky AF. It really, it <laughs> just really so is. So you know, we have not. We're gonna obviously we're gonna do a couple test streams between now and then. We are really, really um, excited about it, though. We're gonna have everything all ready to go. We're gonna start streaming as soon as possible, as soon as we're able to. Jeff, has it been confirmed that uh, your wife's gonna be joining us? Yep, she will be joining us. So Excellent. at minimum, at minimum, we we will have a three person stream. Um, no plans for a fourth person yet, just because this is this is the group that we have all experienced Borderlands with. Yeah. So, yep. Um. Yeah, it will be janky right at first. Most likely, it will initially be streaming from the Playstations until the crossplay comes out, and then we'll be going into some other things. Yep. The goal is to just go as long as we can. Granted, we're 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 gonna be we're gonna be getting up and doing our daily routine and everything like that on on Friday and that whole thing when it actually launches. Uh, and so once well, we get it, we're gonna stream except for work. Yeah, we're not going to be working, but we're not going to mess with our sleep yeah. schedules. Is yeah, the main that's thing. right. If any if any of my work peeps are listening, I'm telling you right now, I ain't going to be there on Friday the 13th. It's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> nice. So, they uh, uh, also, also ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Problem is, I, yeah, so we will be streaming. The goal is to stream as much as we possibly can uh, during that first part. We may, because because of physiology and everything we may not go to sleep uh we may only get a couple hours in but then we're gonna get up and start streaming as soon as we can the next day so we may stay up until one or two or three or four in the morning maybe probably not even that late go to sleep for a little while get up and start streaming again and the goal is to stream as much as possible on saturday as well yep so or friday sorry friday friday Friday. Friday. because it comes out thursday night technically 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 comes out technically comes out Thursday night and then we're going to get up on Friday and stream as much as possible. Well, but I mean, it's going to be like Friday night at midnight. We're going to start streaming, go for several hours, Mm -hmm. sleep, go to get up, stream for several more hours. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole weekend, we're just going to try and do that. Honestly. Yep. Yep. It's going to be sick. So yeah, uh, we'll get you the, we'll get you the link to our Twitch when the time is appropriate. Uh, right now the time's not appropriate. Like I said, yep. we, we gotta we gotta work out some bugs. We gotta, you know, just do a couple test streams and we'll go from there. 
yeah, the goal is to make this kind of a big kickoff, even though, like you said, it's going to be really janky. This is going to be a kickoff, and then Drew and I would like to have some sort of regular streaming schedule with uh, Drew having um, Drew having a little bit during summer because he works a lot during the summer and the uh, the summertime and, and the dry time and everything. And then winter, he might get chances to stream a little bit more and everything like that. So, uh, yep. so the goal is to share one channel, kind of flip back and forth if we can, just give you guys some different perspectives, things like that. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. So yeah. anyway, I, I think that's enough covering the news. Let's go ahead and get into our topic for the day. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... Like we said earlier, today's uh, topic is Dr. Patricia Tannis, one of our favorites. I, I know I know that's a little different for for us. Typically, we're we're going over gameplay and builds and weapons and and just generally how to get better at the game. Uh, figured we'd change gears just a little bit for this week and go into more of the lore and character character building and history of the game. So we're talking about Dr. Tannis. She's one of our she's one of the more interesting characters in the game. She's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. What would you yeah. like as far as the original crew goes, who would you where would you rank her as far as interesting characters? As far as interesting NPCs? Yeah. I would rank her and we're and we're talking about the original game, right? Because Yeah, okay. Her... So I mean like like more interesting than TK Baja? That one's tricky because he has that. some more <laughs> he has some more exposition in the second game than he does in the right. first game. Right. I would I would say that in the if we're talking just the first game, then yes, more interesting than TK Baja. More interesting so, than Marcus. More interesting than Marcus, yeah. And um, Zed. Yeah, I would put Zed above Marcus though. I would say not more if we had more information on her, I would I would probably put her right up there with I would probably put uh, Commandant Steele right up there with her, though. Mm, yep. See, I thought, you were gonna really say, uh, I thought you were going to say Helena Pierce, and I was going to be really confused. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, really, I, I find Commandant Steele really interesting. Mm. Uh, I wish they would have expanded a little bit more on uh, on her as a character, just because every other every other uh and this is this is not our episode so we're not going to go too much into this but every other siren has been chased after as opposed to being the as chaser? opposed to com- yeah as opposed to being the chaser and commandant steel holds a position of power that she was promoted to and put to presumably so maybe she took well, it by no. force if she took it by force then why is general Knox above her because it's better to be number two than it is to be number one. <laughs> Spoken like a true number two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm currently number two at work, and it's working out great. Because like, <laughs> I have all the authority of the world except for over one guy. And if that one guy messes up, it's on him. And I'm like, shut him out, dude. Go talk to number one over there. <laughs> nice. All right. Fair enough. But yeah, I think uh, Patricia Tannis is really interesting. Um I don't know. She's just fun. We're we're going through uh, here real quick. Just going to read off the wiki and kind of go over a few things. Patricia Tannis is a researcher, scientist, and archaeologist once once employed by the Doll Corporation to unearth details about the mysterious vault. Over the time of her research, the harshness of Pandora and the deaths of most of her colleagues led to her developing psychosis. 
Uh, she became completely numb to violence and her loneliness caused her to impart personality onto the echo recorder she uses to log her progress. When rebooting the echo network, the instructions she gives are described as being in the form of an argument with either an invisible cellmate or a rat. (laughs) (laughs) From the first time Tannis is introduced, she expresses a sort of arrogance centered around her standing as a scientist, often implying that those, uh, who surround her are lesser are on a lesser intellectual level uh her fellow researchers included so so we really get to know tannis in the we start to get to know her in the uh first mission where we find her echo recorders her five echo recorders mhm the 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 gist from those missions is that doll sends her and a small team of researchers to pandora to hopefully strike it rich, you know, like Atlas did on Promethea. Mm-hmm. And she she admits that the chances of that happening are pretty pretty friggin' slim. Yeah. I I think my favorite of those echoes when we are first introduced to Tannis are when she's talking about how when she asks natives of well, you know, I want to say quote unquote natives of Pandora about the vault, they, I, I want to say the, I want to say the quote is she's met with slack-jawed soliloquy about a man who knew a man who knew a man. And that is exactly it. Good call. I, and I, I love, I love that line. It's just so, mm-hmm. but it is also kind of, kind of funny because there's so much, well, I guess the evidence comes later for the vault and everything, but. It's it's funny to imagine her. It's it's they send her to this place. She's like, yeah, what are the friggin' odds, guys? And then it really happens. And yep. not only that, but the vault is can only be opened every two hundred years. Which, oh by the way, is right meow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, she's she's a really interesting character. Like Drew said. You get to know her a lot through those through those echo logs, um, and you really they do a good job of showing how she does become numb to the violence. She mentions that one of her colleagues is being devoured on top of her, and she's not even sad about it because his and this is very important. So listen, to what I'm about to say because his chair was always more comfortable than mine is what she says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gearbox took that one thing about a chair and just ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> which which we'll get to later. You'll yeah. right now, just keep in mind uh chairs. Just remember yeah. that for later. Be yep. like, oh right, they came back full circle with that whole chairs thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So uh do you want to read the next bit uh off there? Yeah, so uh says when Dahl pulled out from Pandora, they removed their funding of Tennis's research. By then she had become completely obsessed with finding the vault, so she turned to bandits to aid her research. Uh hence, you know, the original four Lilith, Mordecai, Brick, and Roland. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> After several more discoveries, she was betrayed and abandoned by the bandits. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of, I thought she, they were talking about the vault hunters there. Uh, my bad. Oh, right. No, yep. they're, they're talking about actual legit bandits that you end up fighting later. Uh, yes. Yep. After several more discoveries, she was betrayed and abandoned by the bandits. 
It was this time that she realized she could not leave her campsite because of an irrational phobia, so rather than directly conducting her research, she instead sent out a signal calling for vault hunters to do the work. There it is. That's where the original four come in. Eventually, when a sleepwalking incident left her outside her camp, she decided that there was little to fear and promptly proceeded to scatter the journal recordings around Pandora. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah, cow. Yeah, she just, I don't know. It's just an interesting, it's just an interesting character. Um, so it does go on to say that she has a tenuous grip on sanity. She often abruptly changes the subject of her conversations and appears to have de- developed emotional attachments to the echo recorder, blah, 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 and two chairs. <laughs> so yep. we'll, we'll get into that again a little bit more later. Uh, she has also uh, become extremely sociophobic, popping a blood vessel when someone says hello to her in the street. Uh, she also has a very strange set of morals, demonstrating scientific curiosity towards horrific experimentation on people. Uh, she is the leading expert on Iridians and the vaults. We're going to get into that here a little bit later because we've got something fun coming up for you guys. And as such, is often consulted in missions. Her knowledge is vast, but is presented in an extremely whimsical way. Tannis also records much of her life into the Echo Recorder, then promptly hides the recordings, uh, paying characters to retrieve them. It is kind of interesting, that last line, when you think about it, it's she goes she goes and she records these journals and then hides them, and then she's like, ah, oh, never mind, I want it back. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I feel like that's her way of socializing. Because everybody, every human feels that, that need to socialize. And, but she's just so sociophobic that she can't, she can barely function face to face. So mm-hmm. this is her way of letting people in, but on her terms and who she wants. You know what I mean? And yep. when she wants specifically. Yeah. Like, yep. hey, I feel comfortable enough with you to share this information with you. I'll even pay you to do it. Please, please hang out with me, you know, Mm -hmm. via voice recording. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it is a fun way and I can totally understand that. So, because there are some people that, well, like you said, everyone wants human connection. We all need to have human connection. Fortunately, we live in an age of the internet where people can have human connection without even if they have the anxiety of going outside and stuff like that. So yep. I think this, I think this is something that is rooted in that. And I totally agree getting, getting more into that. Um, something that is really important about Tannis is that Tannis is autistic. Um, I know that there's a lot of controversy as far as the writing and the borderlands games throughout the entire series, but between the way that they have portrayed both Tannis and Scooter uh, and their uh, and their um, personalities and the things that they have, I think works really well because they never make it the main point of the character. Yeah, and I know for sure. I know that I've I know that I've said this exact thing before, but I just want to reiterate it. Yeah, because we had the talk before about Scooter and his and his uh, tendencies to to pretty much only be able to focus on one thing and 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 uh, we're obviously we're by no means experts in in autism or anything like that but it's really great that they can have a couple of characters that while so like some people might say oh well that's kind of you know she's tannis they make they 
make out to be a crazy lady and, and Scooter's retarded. Well, no, like, Scooter's a savant when it comes to mechanical stuff, and Tannis mm-hmm. is the same with Iridian history and and research and all things related to the vaults and everything. And everybody in this game is eccentric. That's the whole point of the freaking game series, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. If you yep. are if you're a bodybuilder, right? And you identify with with Torg, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they're like, yeah, that's, you know, but he's Torg. Sure, you could say he's a meathead, but there's way more to him than that. Mm-hmm. So and, mm-hmm. and the same thing with with Tiny Tina, you know, and and any other character. They're all they all have a, a solid base, and then they cranked up all the other things about them up to eleven. So which, which is perfect because that's exactly what they've done with the entire game. Hey, you shoot this guy, he's he dies. Okay, what if we did more than that? What do you mean? What if when you shoot him in the head and he dies, he turns into literal chunks of meat because you killed him so hard, bro? <laughs> And now his arm is sticking out the ground somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what about, what if we have, what if we have dogs that are enemies that are all around this planet, these wild dogs? Okay. What if we take them and we make them like huge, fast, scaly lizard dogs that have three jaws? Right. Yeah. Let's do That's, that's what everything is in this game. It's just cranking it to 11. So, yep. Uh, going more into this, uh, Tannis is autistic as described, uh, in the hidden journal mission briefing as, an insane introvert with Asperger's. Um, some of her autistic traits are lack of empathy, echolalia, which uh, I had to look that up personally. It means a meaningless repetition of another person's spoken words as a symptom of a psychiatric disorder. So uh, your fun fact for the day, uh, unusual vocal inflection, difficulty with social cues, and hyperfixation on research and special interests. Tannis has suffered with multiple traumas and prolonged isolation on Pandora as described in her eclogues with which further exacerbate her social discomfort. So yeah, really, really interesting. And they, they do a good job of nailing it there. And you know, I learned, I learned something as well. I, I had no idea that uh, vocal inflection was a potential sign of, of autism. Yeah. I had no idea either. Yeah, it's kind of cool but, how just this ridiculous game where you shoot people in the face and then take their crap to shoot other people in the face can still t- give you teachable moments like this when you're when you're really into when you're really into it. If you're just interested in Borderlands on the surface, you're probably not gonna know or you're not you're not gonna be interested enough to to look this stuff up or care or anything. But it's really mm-hmm. it's really interesting. It's really Uh, inspiring almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, and this is just taking what the game does with, with everything as far as cranking up to 11 and just doing the same thing with all the characters and everything like that. So, (laughs) yeah. So let's discuss one point here. I want to talk about, and maybe I feel a little weird discussing it because I'm not sure if, this is an across the board kind of 
um, detail or not, but it seems to me that she got crazier between the first and, I mean, not crazier, but more eccentric, I guess, between the first and second games. That could be, that could absolutely be the case for everybody, because in the first game, Marcus is just kind of this shady arms dealer who's, you know, hey, you think the vault is real? All right, you're going to need a guy to sell some guns for you. And then in the second mm. game, you meet him, and he's shooting a dude in the knee. And yep. yeah. <laughs> Zed, the first time you meet him, you actually got to save him and just kill some people for him and stuff. In the second game, you got to help him perform surgery 10 seconds after meeting him. Yeah, really. So, like I said, may not need to read too much into that, but she is definitely more eccentric between the first and second games, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it shows... I don't want to say it shows growth, because it doesn't really, but it shows progression, is what it shows. Especially because... Here, here's the thing. You look at... You look at day... So this is the day one dialogue for Tannis. Day one, she just hit Pandora. This is her first time ever being here. Patricia Tannis, Dull Scientific Advisor, day one on Planet Pandora. I have been assigned to this sector by my supervisors or superiors to find evidence of abandoned alien technology similar to that found by our competitor, the Atlas Company, in the ruins of Prometheus. Technology that many believe made them the superpower they are now. This kind, this kind of find seems astronomically improbable on a rock like this, but my benefactors believe in it enough to waste my considerable talents. I've only been here for three hours, and I already believe this planet will be the death of me. Scientists do not chase myths and legends. Okay. That's Tannis on day one. So let's go ahead and let's just go to, like, say, one of the last things that she records in Borderlands 2 and just see how it goes. Uh, let's see. I've been relocated to Sanctuary against everyone's better judgment. Not my own, mind you. I never wanted to be here. I was perfectly content to live out my days in a non-standard living arrangement with two ceiling chairs I met at a bar fight. Oh, they're adorable. They barely speak any English. And if you have to ask what a ceiling chair is, I pity the life you've wasted. So... (laughs) (laughs) So Pandora has taken a toll on Tannis. Just, Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So... Yeah, um, if you if you want, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and post in the show notes all the links to all the different uh, hidden journals dialogue that she has, because it's all really good. It really uh, is. If, yeah, if you're someone that has not actually listened to the hidden journals or you've been busy or people game while listening to music, I totally get that. But you definitely need to listen to them because it really gives you a lot of insight. So it is it is a lot of fun. But yeah, um, however, so we're going through this. We, we believe that she's, you know, progressed much further and Pandora has taken a much harsher toll on her than even some of the other people, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So, however, we need to address the, the elephant in the room here because... This is only what we think we know of Dr. Patricia Tannis. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so to give you to give you a little bit of background on what's going on. When 
Gearbox released uh, Battleborn. Is that it? Yes. So they yeah. Gearbox released Battleborn back in... Taz mm, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and in it, there was, there was an Easter egg. I don't, I don't play Battleborn, so I don't know how this came about. But anyways, it was a series of, uh, of tones or notes or something like that, and it, and it worked out to where it was Morse code, and when translated, the, the code says, "Visit Promethea, children of the vault. We are not on Pandora anymore. Tannis is not what she seems. Do not open the vaults." Plural. Plural. So that was something that was really interesting. That gave a lot of information that we wouldn't get until until this year, honestly, about what was coming for border, the Borderlands series. Um, I will say it's interesting because there's been a lot of inconsistency. I I do want I do want to call out something here real quick. So. Right away in Borderlands 1, you do the hidden journals for the Arid Badlands, and it says, uh, Tana says, similar to that found by our competitor, the Atlas Company in the ruins of Prometheus. Okay, then we get to this Easter egg that says, visit Prometea. There's no H in there. And then we actually get to the planet Promethea, which is actually on the, the yeah. Borderlands wiki. And we know from, uh, and we know from, Borderlands three as well a little bit too. So mm-hmm. yeah, just from trailers and and from and from info and everything like that. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not I don't I I don't I don't know what it is. I just know what it says. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we also learned in that Easter egg, you know, about the children about apparently children of the vault is going to be important. But we didn't know if we were the children of the vault or if that was some slang for us. But now we know it's the it's the main antagonists. Between, uh, oh, what are their names? What? A, oh, oh, uh, yeah. Between the uh, for the the Calypso yeah, for twins. The, yeah, yeah, the Calypso twins. <laughs> it's been a long. It's been a long day, guys. <laughs> so. Uh, so, anyways, but obviously related to this particular podcast, Tannis is not what she seems. Jeff, how many times have we seen Tannis in Borderlands Three? trailers and uh and gameplay clips and stuff we saw her we saw her a couple of times uh in the trailers that was mainly in the pre-reveal trailers and then we also saw her in the gameplay where she crawls out of a skag if i remember right that, that she's like sleeping in it's a it's a dead skag don't worry like, <laughs> for the for the people yeah, that didn't see it that makes it fine well yeah it's like a tauntaun <laughs> like in star wars <laughs> Drew's losing it over here. So <laughs> I just, anyway, I love how you're like, it's a dead skag. It's fine. Like, like it's totally socially acceptable to do when it's dead. If nothing else, this should tell you enough about Tannis is that I had to clarify that it was a dead skag first. Yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> Cause if you would have said it was like, if you had not specified that it'd be totally reasonable to assume either with her, but Tannis is not what she seems. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, especially when everything else, Visit Promethea, Children of the Vault, we are not on Pandora anymore, do not open the vaults. And then that fourth line in between, we are not on Pandora anymore and do not open the vaults, Tannis is not what she seems. 
Why? Why are we focused on this? And also, if this is some sort of... We are not on Pandora anymore. Okay, got it. Who are you? Why are you not on Pandora anymore? Why are you leaving this message that says that Tannis is not what she seems before this? How far back does the history of Tannis actually go? And how far back does this message actually go? So, my thought is that... To me, it kind of reads like the first two lines go together. Visit Promethea, Children of the Vault. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's addressing the Children of the Vault. Yeah. And then it says, we are not on Pandora anymore. So, like, hey, we're not on Pandora anymore. We are not going to take any more of this BS of the Vault Hunters and whatever. Because if you want to, if you look at it from their perspective, the Vault Hunters really do wreak a lot of havoc on, on the bandits and everything. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. Tannis is not what she seems, though. Like, she seems. I don't know. Is she a plant? Like, is she still under the employ of Dahl? Is. There's so many different ways that they could go with it. Or. Or. They could just abandon that altogether. Not even address it at all. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And then we could oh, be like, we'll have a, uh, we'll be discussing something with the developers way down the road and be like, hey, what was that whole deal with, uh, with Tannis is now she seems we're like, yeah, that was a storyline that we were working on. It just didn't pan out. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, that you read that. Yeah. That was just a goof, bro. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, so I don't yeah. know. I it really, it's, it's, it's perfect though, because it's so vague that it's, it could be literally anything. anything. Yeah, it really, it really could. We could be looking at this from Tannis is not what she seems from the, like you said, from the perspective of the children of the vault or from the perspective of the vault hunters and the NPCs. We really don't know. So the one, the one thing, and this is really, this is really tinfoil hat time here. That that I'm thinking of is so so the clothing that Tannis wears, right? What is it? So yeah, uh, isn't it isn't it a a duster and some cyberpunk stuff and some goggles and whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's like covered up the entire time, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Like she, so she's completely covered. You don't see any bare skin or anything. Mm-hmm. Therefore. Yeah. She has skin like the thing from Fantastic Four. Yes, from, exactly. From <laughs> you got it. First try. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you're saying you're saying that there's a chance that she's a siren. Yes, I think there's a chance. I will also go on a limb. I will also go on record saying it's a chance. I don't think it's a very good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it seems too easy, you know? It does seem like kind of a cop out thing, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like any anyone that we don't know before. It's like oh, they're a siren, you know? <laughs> right, right. So, but at the same time, it's just you know, it would, you it know would, who's definitely would... not a siren is Moxie. Pretty, pretty <laughs> sure we'd be able yeah. to tell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. That's 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 good quality humor right there for you. Hilarious. So uh, going going into this, reading into a little bit more, we just want to give you a heads. We just want to give you a little bit of backstory about 
what Promethea actually is. It is a planet whereupon the Atlas Corporation found alien technology and subsequently reverse-engineered it in order to manufacture improved starships and weaponry with its benefits. The Crimson Lance also have a military presence on the planet, at which Roland served, quote, two tours, as stated by General Knox. Living conditions are presumably harsh, or at least worse than the already difficult life for Pandoran settlers, as Atlas propaganda message at the Tiborn Junction, when referring to the positive sides of Pandora, states, at least you're not on Promethea. Uh, I wouldn't take that to heart. Don't read too much into that. For sure. <laughs> so, uh, citizens of Sanctuary occasionally comment to the same effects. Again, that's just talk, I'm sure. Promethea is largely a metropolitan world, having many futuristic buildings. In Borderlands 3, Promethea serves as the Atlas Corporation's headquarters. It is sieged by Mollywan, turning the metropolitan wonderland, uh, wonderlands into a war zone. The Children of the Vault have taken this opportunity to recruit displaced and disgruntled citizens. So, again, other than the war that's going on between Mollywan and Atlas, which I'm super stoked about. I really hope that this brings back the corporate wars and we actually get to know more about that. Super stoked about it. Uh, we really don't know much, uh, about it. We just know that there's more than likely there are probably several vaults out there to be hunted as per this note, as per the multiple worlds that we know we're going to be visiting borderlands three. And obviously the biggest one being the uh, vault map that you see at the end of the vanilla game of Borderlands 2. So, how about this? I just had a thought. Okay. You're playing through Borderlands 3. Maybe not the primary uh, storyline, but definitely the, the Malawan and Atlas War is going to be a huge will be a big deal in the game. Yeah. Let's say that Tannis gives you... is giving you missions and stuff because there's some potential for... I'm sure the Atlas still has a lot of their technology from... Uh, from when they first were on Promethea and they just mm -hmm. made sick weapons and everything. Mm -hmm. Malawan is looking to get into that game. Malawan obviously has access to ETAC weapons and, and things based around Iridium and things like that. So Tannis is trying to prevent the war just to save the information and the technology because that's always one of the... In, in ancient wars and stuff, that was something that was always that was lost. You know, the greats the great buildings and stuff, they were always sieged and all their information destroyed and blah, 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 right? Yeah, Library of Alexandria, all that Et stuff. Etc. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, Tannis gets things to... She she makes it look like she's trying to end this war, right? Mm-hmm. But secretly, she's running doll and swoops in! And just tries <laughs> to take them all out when they're at their lowest points. And she's been sabotaging it the whole time. Interesting. Terrible I mean, theory. It's, it's a garbage <laughs> theory. It's really... But it's, it's awful. It's the worst theory. But it's a theory. It's a theory. It's the only one I got right now. And that's fair. so that's what I'm going to... That's how I'm going to stake my claim at this point. That's what's going on. Oh, how crazy... 
Tannis runs Dahl and is sabotaging the other plate, the other companies to take him down. Interesting. I mean, it's 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 it sounds fantastic. I would love if that happened. <laughs> that would be great. I would too. I'd be a friggin' so, savant if that was the case. They'd be like, "Holy right. shit, this dude's the the Nostradamus of friggin' Borderlands 3. <laughs> Perfect. I would love that. He's so good. Yeah, I. Yeah, we don't we don't know much. We don't know too much about it, but we'll we'll see where it goes. It's definitely interesting. Uh, it's. It'll be interesting to have Atlas back too. I'm glad that Atlas is coming back in Borderlands Three. Yeah. So. So was Borderlands was Atlas just not in Borderlands Two simply because of what happened in Borderlands Three with Commandant Steel and General Knox and everything? No, no, no. Uh, for uh, for those people out there, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag here. Uh, Drew has not actually played through. Uh, Tales from the Borderlands. <laughs> oh, oh! Would would you telling me the answer to that ruin that story? Not really. Um, it does go in there. So basically, what happened is, uh, Hyperion, handsome, handsome Jack bought Atlas and shut it down. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but they're like, that's, Jesus, that's... we are not doing well on Pandora. Their stocks are blow. Their their value is plummeted. And Handsome Jack's like, hey. Kill all humans? No. Uh, <laughs> Would I kill all humans? <laughs> so he so. scoops it up. That makes sense. I can understand that. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. So, so yeah, that's, that's fun. Um, yeah, after the end of it, um, so ba- basically, it's, it works, it works basically like bearer bonds at that point, is there's like one like piece of paper. It's like a certificate. And it's like, ah, if you if you have this thing, you own Atlas. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, spoiler alert: if if you have not played Tales from the Borderlands, I'm gonna get into this. Um, so I'm gonna give you five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So after Handsome Jack dies, um, Reese ends up picking up the certificates, and uh, he basically by picking up the certificate has full control over Atlas. And so he just brings Atlas back is what it is. So that's what's up. So <laughs> for, for, for the record there, uh, Drew took his headphones off cause he didn't want to be ruined. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Like I want to play through, I want to play through tales from the Barlade still. I just, it's just one that I haven't gotten to yet. So I didn't yep. want to know. <laughs> Does that make me unqualified to host this podcast? Maybe. What are you going to do about mm-hmm. it though? What are you going to do about it? Is it nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's probably. All right. All right. We've spent a lot of time on that. We wanted, we wanted to end this with something really, really fun. And we're probably, and it's going, going, going. No, it's not. (laughs) Not yet. So, so we had a fun idea and it was just more of a thought experiment than anything. And we really didn't come up with much, but we came up with a few things. Just what would it have been like? So we're going through talking about Tannis. We know, She's all about science and technology and she focuses on the Iridians and everything like that. So what would Tannis have looked like as a playable character in any of the Borderlands games? It doesn't really matter. So really interesting. Oh, in any of them? Uh, I thought you specifically were going to take Tannis if she was playable in the pre-sequel. Uh, sure. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, it was basically, I didn't know which one she would fit in to the best. So 
I just kind of did some stuff to cover all of it more or less. Um, basically, because you can, if if they want to, they could have made anyone. They could have made anyone a vault hunter. That's the thing is, <laughs> vault hunting is more of a mindset than a skill set, bro. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're not you're not the Naravine. You're not the Dragonborn. You're not. You're more like the. Oh, what do they call the kid in New Vegas? Oh, the, the courier. Yeah, you're more like the courier as a vault hunter. Yeah. Than anything. Yeah, and yeah, because anyone can be the courier. Right. You know, just happen. It just happened to be you. So it sucks to be because because yeah, it just happened to be you because you decided to do this and it ended up going weird. So so yeah, what would Tannis look like as a playable character? So the first thing that my mind went to is she does all this stuff about iridians and science and everything like that. So my first thought was, well, she's got to have an action skill, and it would have to be something where I'm going to make this vague enough to where it seems viable in any of the three playable games currently. Hey! <laughs> so um, that's using the old noodle. That's using the old noodle. So my thought was, what? Because in Borderlands 2, she ends up digestructing, uh, doing digestruct peak and running that and everything. Uh, and we see that there in Borderlands 1 that there are obvious things uh, like uh, Roland's turret that he throws out and then it gets bigger and everything like that. He keeps it tucked away somewhere and it gets bigger. So we obviously know that there are things like this out there. So, uh, my thought was, what if she digestructs Iridian-like things on herself, like a set of the digestruct, uh, the, the Iridian wings, and either a spear or a javelin, uh, that they have, and she can use it to, uh, float and kind of get up in the air a little bit during this time, and she can use your spear either as a melee weapon to, like, poke people or whatever, you know, stab them, or maybe even she digestructs multiple of them and she can throw them at people. So. That would be hella sweet. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah, because other, other than the pre-sequel, we didn't get much opportunity to play around with kind of floating around and things like that, but it definitely changed the, the flow of the game and how it went and everything, but I think it wasn't as polished as it could have been, but it could have been really fun, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. It's It's definitely... It makes a lot of sense as far as as far as like story and everything goes because let's take a look at oh um mhm shoot I'm I'm struggling to it's it's kind of a you become the thing you fear kind of thing like Batman oh, okay. or or Something along those lines, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Batman, and that's the only one I can think of right now, but Batman, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. the Iridians are super powerful aliens and can, in a normal situation, could absolutely wreck Tannis. So, it only makes sense for her to be like, oh, alright then, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make up some big-ass wings and some... And some zappy sticks too. Now what, dude? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think that she has, because we've seen her build and do interesting things before. And how cool would it be to maybe even say, have the lore be that she did the Digistruct wings, or maybe even it's a jetpack that her and Scooter built together or something like that. Oh, that'd be hella cool. 
Yeah, something along those lines. I think that'd be great. Or even or even Janie Springs or whoever, you know, someone Ooh. just someone helped her build it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, rude. <laughs> nah. nah. Nah, he's just playing though. So um, <laughs> I it's to that point to where I can't tell if you're serious or not. <laughs> no, 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 I know. All right, good. So uh yeah, going along with that. Um, just a stupid, um, one skill tree that is just a stupid amount of shock damage. The way that Krieg has his whole skill tree around fire damage, that, but for shock damage, Mm -hmm. like I want to see shock damage be a real thing. If I walk into a room and I was playing as a playable, uh, Tannis character, ain't nobody in that room going to have a shield no more (laughs) at all. It's gone. You walk in to fight Sledge, it's the easiest fight ever just because he ain't got no shield. You go in to fight Master Gee in Borderlands 2 and he's got two shields. One of them's hidden because you didn't know that the first time you went to play that. Yeah, they're both gone. Yeah, just yeah. like that. Yep, that would be, that'd be really great. And to all those people out there, be, mm, actually, there's, you know, the shock class, shock trooper class mods for Borderlands I don't care. It didn't do enough. It was a half-assed attempt at making Shock a viable elemental class in Borderlands One and Two. Yeah, same. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, same. Well, and same thing with Gauge. Honestly, they really tried hard to make Shock Gauge a thing, and it still doesn't work. You're still better off just using whatever the weakness is for. You know, if it's a if it's a loader, use use corrosive. You're still gonna do better damage than you would uh, electric, just because they didn't buff it enough for. Her. So we we still have yet to have a really 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 good shock class uh in in any of the borderlands stuff cuz I I can't think of anything we to give you an idea we've had cryo in exactly one game and we had a better cryo uh <laughs> we had a better yes. cryo Yeah there's better cryo builds than there are shock builds absolutely Yeah and we've had three games to get shock builds right we've had one game to get cryo right it's, you seeing an issue with this? <laughs> could you imagine meeting somebody who is like, oh, I play Borderlands also. Oh, cool. What Borderlands do you play? I play Borderlands 2. I like to play as Gage. Oh, neat. Yeah, typically I put five into, sh- into uh, Myelin and then five into sh- or and then uh, points into Shockstorm and then points it, you know, like, hey, and then Electrical Burn and hold on, wait a second. You're doing <laughs> what now? Right. That's a weird way to pronounce anarchy, and then, uh... That's a weird... Man, you say anarchy and close enough, really weird, man. (laughs) (laughs) So strange. So, it's just not... (sighs) We would would like to see it be better fleshed out. That's all. And, And honestly, thematically and canonically, it would have been great if Tannis had been a playable character to use shock damage for her. Out of it's it. So now that we're on this tangent, sidebar. Oh, yeah. Without, like I said, we haven't seen the skill trees or anything. I mean, we we could, but we haven't looked at them intentionally. Yeah. Which of the four vault hunters in the upcoming game would be the best one to build shock around? Zane, all the way, easily. That's that's my thing. He already has because his whole thing is technology already. His whole thing is making his uh, he has his shield that he can do and he has his uh, drone and he has his 
he has his duplicate that he can send out and you can have his duplicate do something similar to what we've seen other characters do where it explodes into shock damage when it happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be great. So I, I would be, I would be all for that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Amara, Amara looks like a close second. If I'm Yeah. Cause honest, my, I, I instantly went to Amara, but then you said Zane and I'm like, yeah, that's a really good answer too. All right. So anyways, getting back to Tannis though, um, some of the notes that we have here are some other cool things that she could do besides the Iridian di- or besides the digestructing thing. Wow. Way the- to spoil it. You know, <laughs> sorry. Okay. So, so besides digestructing stuff and besides shock damage, uh, what are some other things that Tannis could do if she was, uh, uh, if she was a playable character? Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I had, and this is kind of the last big point that I have is that because she's into Iridian stuff and technology and everything like that, and we really haven't explored this idea too much, is, uh, so whichever game she's in, it doesn't really matter whether it's, you know, the first, second, or pre-sequel or whatever. Um, so if she's in the first one, it would be all, like, based around using the Iridian weaponry. Because we didn't really see someone like that. I mean, we had Lilith, who kind of did her thing, um, where she had... Um, like she had one of the um one of the class mods that could kind of help with that and everything but um yeah but it I was it was it wasn't fully flushed out again kind of like kind of like shock stuff it just wasn't a fully flushed out you can absolutely build around this type of weapon sort of thing yeah. you know what i mean yeah it was yeah it wasn't like again kind of going back to it i know i mentioned it earlier in the episode but it's not like you know, hey, Krieg does fire damage, build around that, and then that's a very obvious thing. Or, um, you know, or, uh, you know, I mean... I mean, Krieg does explosive com- damage. Yeah, yeah like, it's exactly. Not like, it's, not, it's not anything like that. But it could have been, and it could have been could've. sick. Yeah, it really could have be, been. It would have been, been kind of hard to do it in early game, because you don't really see a whole lot of Iridian weapons early mm-hmm. on. But... Yeah. For it to be something that's like second or third tier stuff, you know? Yeah. That would have been yeah. sweet. So, yeah. so and, uh, um, I mean, so that's, but that's Borderlands 1. Borderlands, if she was in Borderlands 2, base it all around E-Tech stuff, you know? That would have been, yep. that would have been sick. Just like specifically E-Tech weapons, a buff around them, um, or even some kind of, not even necessarily in her skill tree, but maybe like a class mod. Yeah, yeah. So would have been, yeah, absolutely. And they could have even done something fun, uh, where it's almost like a, I don't know, almost like a wheel. I guess I don't know how to describe this. Where I'm like looking at it, but it could have almost been something where, um, you know, if it's like a, it's like a skill or a set of skills where it's something like if you pick up an E Tech, um, an E Tech SMG, um, or a Plasma Caster, you would call it, you know. An E-Tech SMG, it fires um, way quicker or something like that. Like, uh, you get stacks, and for every stack you have, it does, um, you know, you can get up to 100 stacks, and for every stack you have, it gives you plus 0.5% to the fire rate. Right, or right. If or if you get a shotgun, it's um, plus, you know, each stack gives you plus, you know, 0.5% crit damage or, you know, or maybe or that could have been for, or something. Yeah. You know, each one of those could have been a little bit different. You know, I guess probably crit damage would be for like the sniper rifles or something, but just a little bit different, you know? Yeah. So, yep. That would have been sweet. Um, so, that would have been, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite of the, of the three 
you know, between, uh, between Iridian Weaponry, E-Tech, and the next one that we're gonna that we're gonna mention, uh, which yeah. uh, for the pre-sequel is Laser Stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she yeah. does the laser things. Uh, it's we're not gonna talk about that whole ton. It just, I mean, that's a pretty self-explanatory one. Yeah, the woman's a scientist. It makes sense that she'd get a buff to lasers, you know? Yeah, yeah. She duns doozily get done to do the lasers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, so between those three things, the E-Tech one to me is the most interesting. You yeah. Know? Like the yeah. Iridian would have been super cool too, but I feel like if, if we'd have run across that in Borderlands 1, we could have been like buff to Iridian weapons. You know, like, yeah, eh, yeah. But like E-Tech weapons, people are super hyped about, anyways. You know, yeah. So yep. adding a buff to that really would make you want to play that character. Yeah, or even like the um, because what the the E-Tech shotguns? Those are like the things where they just like shoot out like a couple of like big orbs of stuff, right? Yep. Could you imagine if it was like yeah, for every one of those you get like so for every so you get a hundred stacks for every. 20 stacks you get you get an additional like orb that shoots out from one of the shotguns oh that'd be cool that'd be sweet <laughs> right oh my so god then by the Can end you of imagine but you have you'd have to have like a max of like 100 stacks or something because like once you get past yeah. five extra orbs then it's like yeah holy shit <laughs> no then it's <laughs> yeah. opaf know what i'm saying yeah. So. yeah definitely so but uh but yeah, no, that's uh, that's kind of our ideas. Like I said, between the the destruct wings and spear, and then a stupid amount of shock damage, and the uh, the buff to either E Tech or Iridian E Tech or laser weaponry, that's kind of uh, kind of wraps up uh, what we've got going on for Tannis. So uh, I think there's something that usually ends our episode, but I can't quite remember what that is. Ooh, ooh Jeff, Jeff, it's, it's yeah, my favorite segments. Uh huh. It's going, going, gone. <laughs> 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 All right. So as I alluded to earlier in this episode, uh, we are going to talk about the gun that I found recently playing in Borderlands 1, found an equalizer. So the equalizer is a legendary revolver uh, manufactured by TDR. It's only in the original Borderlands game. It is similar to like a to like an infinity or a dove but it's but it's not exactly the same because no it's instead of just needing one round in order to shoot infinitely uh the equalizer has ridiculous ammo regeneration yeah yep so um i don't know it's kind of interesting because it's it's not um it's not a great weapon other than the effect that it does. And I'm just How saying, dare you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. It's yeah, fun. It's, it, it is fun. You know, it's definitely fun. Um, my personal favorite way to do it is to, uh, I mean, obviously an equalizer is great if you're using, you know, like uh, pistol build uh, Mordecai and things like that. Um, just for the ammo regen. Hell um, yeah. <laughs> Drew's giving me the the big head nods over here, so. <laughs> but but yeah, um, my personal favorite way to use it though is I like to use it as a masher if I can get it. Yup, yeah, I mean, so it can come in. Uh, sorry, it can come in any element, uh, or it can uh, or it can be a 
come with any accessory, uh, like a blade or, but like Masher is my favorite because Mashers are pretty much my favorite guns in Borderlands in in OG Borderlands. Like it's just yeah, because we've we we've talked about it at length before. It's a shotgun on a you know in a little tiny package. You know yeah yeah absolutely and. It's just my favorite kind of weapon, and it's, <clears throat> um, I really don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just so hyped about, like, an equalizer masher. It's just, they're the best. <laughs> yeah, they're it's, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It kind of rounds out, like, this fun, I don't know, there's, I know it's stupid, but there's this kind of, like, I feel like, and, and I feel like people understand this, I kind of have a need when I'm doing a build around a certain weapon type, whether it's sniper rifles or revolvers or shotguns or whatever. I just find whatever I can get that regens that type of ammo. And then I have like different ones for different things. So like as, as a thing, I always have an equalizer and I like to have a masher in there to get that good masher damage. Right. But right. Yeah. It's not, it's not because if you can't find a, a masher equalizer, if you come across an equalizer, you can still use it to regen the ammo for the actual sick revolver that you have. Like, yeah, you have for a, your pestilent defiler. Yes, like. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I was going with it because that is the best revolver in the game. Straight up, you like, can at me. I come fight me. Like yeah. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, best revolver in the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, let me let me let me let me let me handle this real quick. You got a uh, you got a you got a uh, you got a name for someone that the that the uh, Pestilent Defiler isn't good on? Let me guess. Is it nobody? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, you can, you, can, you can force it to work with anyone, basically. That's kind of the thing. So. Right, right. But this isn't about the Pestilent Defiler. That's going to be for another episode. But, so the equal, yeah. so, but what Jeff's saying is equalizer in one hand, Pestilent Defiler in the other, and just when you're not killing things, you know, if you're in between or whatever, have the equalizer in your hand and then swap back to the pestilent defiler. So you always have ammo for that thing. That's what yeah, it's for. Abs- That's yeah, what it absolutely. Do. Yep. So, and you can also get, uh, you can also get some other things like, um, you can get, ah, what is it called? What's the one that does like all the different kinds of, um, what's the one that does like all the different kinds of, of damage? Like it does, you know, like shot. Oh, the chimera. That's it. That's it. That's the so. one. Yeah, so I'm glad doing, you remembered because I wouldn't have. Yeah, but I mean, like that's the thing. So you, if you have if you have the equalizer and then you've got a pestilent defiler in there as well, and then you've also got a chimera, You're and golden. then yeah, exactly. So yeah, and then and then a masher, yeah. <laughs> like a stupid overpowered masher, you know. Then yeah. you're set. What else do you need? Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So, but yeah, but yeah. Um, that uh, like like we said, really fun gun. Not nothing exceptionally amazing it's an it's a great support gun you know or like something else is you can if you need to if you want to get off a couple of shots with your shotgun or whatever and then finish him off with an equalizer so that way you're not wasting all of your shotgun ammo on somebody you know yeah something along those lines or if you know that you're gonna be fighting a boss and you take out all the all the smaller smaller uh enemies with a with the equalizer and then save all your rocket launcher ammo for the, for the big boss or whatever. That's, that's also a good way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So, but anyway, that's basically what we have on the equalizer. Uh, that's what that is. And that also takes us to the end of the episode. So, yeah. So a lot of fun today. Thanks for joining us, uh, on a vault hunters guide to the borderlands. We will catch you next time. Good luck and good drops. 
Bye.